everybody, this is B, And this is Leslie. And you're listening to Getting Shitfaced, a podcast where two friends across the country from each other get together over drinks and talk about our favorite show, Shit's Creek. This week, we're traveling back in time to the start and recapping the first three episodes of season one. Our cup runneth over, the drip, and don't worry, it's his sister. Leslie, welcome back. <laughs> welcome back, B. It's good to be here. <laughs> to the beginning of it all. Yep. Like you said, we're going back in time, which feels appropriate. I mean, time is fake in Shit's Creek. You can just do that. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I don't know if we're going back in time. We could be going forward in time with that timeline, but um, we think we're going back in time. At least at least three and a half years. <laughs> I, I say more, but... <laughs> yeah, some length of time. <laughs> um, which is about how I feel about our quarantine lives is don't know how long it's been. <laughs> it's true. But we're all healthy and relatively happy, so that's good. We're doing the best we can. We are doing the best we can, which is basically the theme of Schitt's Creek as it starts. Seems appropriate. (laughs) Yeah, so should we just dive right into it? Yeah. So this week, we, of course, meet the Roses. Johnny, Moira, David, and Alexis get a visit from the CRA who are repossessing basically everything but what they can fit into their suitcases and a few wardrobe boxes, and Schitt's Creek, a town Johnny once bought for David as a joke. They move into the Schitt's Creek Motel, where their living arrangements are a little too close for comfort. Johnny and Moira attempt to start the process of selling the town so that they can regain some money, but it seems the attempt won't be as easy as they'd hoped, especially when Johnny sees that the town sign won't exactly entice many buyers. B, what are we drinking this week? We had three episodes to choose from, so I went back and forth on a lot of them, but I stuck with a drink dedicated to the second episode. Um, It's called Tailgate Punch. Uh, I don't recommend using a a beer funnel to drink it. (laughs) It might not work out for you, but it is very tasty. Um, It's actually a recipe courtesy of Trisha Yearwood. I mean, that feels appropriate. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. And it it combines blood orange soda, two cups of lemonade, two 12-ounce cans of peach nectar, and one and a half cups of vodka. Clearly, you're not supposed to drink all of that yourself. <laughs> I mean, or it's a challenge. <laughs> it's literally a half-gallon pitcher of it. I mean, I made, I made 24 ounces of it. I had to modify just a little bit because of our quarantine situation. I thought I had peaches to make nectar, but they were a little bad. So I used peach seltzer and I squeezed fresh blood oranges. Mm, There you go. Yeah, to get the same effect. And so it's real tasty. It goes down real easy. So watch out for that one. (laughs) I look forward to drinking this one when I can get my hands on the ingredients. I am currently drinking instead. uh, I discovered I have two bottles of dark rum for whatever reason. So I'm drinking dark rum and pineapple juice this week. Um, you know, still making do with whatever we got at home. I did order a half a case of wine today, so maybe next week I'll have wine to drink. <laughs> there you go. Anyway, let's get into it. To start today, I think we should talk a little bit about how we found the show, what we first thought about it when we first started watching it. Um, I did talk last week about originally how I found the show, that it was mm-hmm. something my boss introduced me to. What about you? How'd you find the show? Well, it was a couple of different places that kind of in the end just got me to watch it but uh, I kept seeing uh, gifs of it on the internet 
And they were all just like super funny. And I'd be like, that looks interesting and kind of let it go. Um, And then it was a combination of someone I know has a podcast, oddly enough. And they talked about it on the podcast multiple times. And finally, they did a whole episode of their podcast about the show and how much they loved it. Um, And so that really got me intrigued. And then I saw a gift set of the lip sync. And Mm. then I was like, I need to watch that show. (laughs) Um, And that's what got me to watch it. Nice. And I was like, where are those people at? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. Like I said, my boss was the one who introduced me to it, but I didn't watch it immediately. Um, I had, you know, I had just started a new job. I had just moved. I had a whole Mm. lot of other things going on. Um, but eventually when I did watch it, it was, I saw, I remember specifically seeing two GIF sets on my dash on Tumblr that there was one of David looking back through the window after he walks out at the start of girls night when he's like Mm -hmm. upset with them for making him go get the bags at the vendor by himself while they stay behind and talk. And then there was another one of the two of them saying goodnight after their first kiss. And whatever it was about those two, I was like, this clearly looks like something I need to watch immediately on top of the recommendation that I'd been given. (laughs) Yes. I do think it's funny, though, thinking back on this now and thinking on where I saw this, like Mm -hmm. no one I know on Tumblr would have been posting about it at the time, except maybe you. (laughs) And we did not know each other then. We did not. <laughs> but I followed Leslie from a different fandom. Yep. Uh, and so it probably was something you had put on <laughs> Tumblr. It's quite possible. There you go. Didn't even know it. It's all Leslie's fault. A lot of people, it takes them, you know, a little while to get into the show. We talked about that mm-hmm. last week that, like, we recommend people watch, you know, through maybe, like, Wine and Roses or so to really get a feel yeah. for the, the comedy and, and the characters. What was like the moment that you knew this was the show for you? I mean, so there's a couple spots. Like I did watch the first episode and I was like, I don't know about this. And I have a coworker who had watched it and she's like, just keep going. And I was like, well, I'm going to, but good to know. Um, And then by the the second episode, when David does the beer funnel, Mm. it was so funny. And then like that whole, the whole scene at the dinner, I was like, okay, I want to watch this show. I always say Wine and Roses because Wine and Roses was when I was like, okay, this show is different. Right. And I really like this show. But I definitely, it was the second episode where I was like, okay, I'm going to keep going. <laughs> what about you? I had, I, I don't know why I specifically remember this, but the scene in the first episode where they're in the motel room and Roland is in the bathroom and David and Alexis come into the room and like realize where he is and Mm -hmm. their reactions. And then he comes out and sits on the bed and you can just see them like reacting in the background. Like Alexis is like trying to cover her nose. (laughs) David is rolling his eyes. And then Johnny has that moment where he says, Roland, could you get the fuck out? And just whatever it was about, like the way the entire family reacted Mm -hmm. in that moment between him yelling David and Alexis is like shocked but delighted faces in the background and then Johnny sort of apologizing for it and being like listen we're all like coming down off the high right now and all of that just that scene in particular I was like okay I I am here for this show I I Mm -hmm. am in and it obviously we're here now so (laughs) I stuck with it a while later uh here we are (laughs) all right so let's talk about the episodes 
we start, of course, with our cup runneth over. And this is our first impression of the roses. Yep. And I gotta say, it's a jarring impression after having <laughs> just finished. I the know. I don't like. I don't feel like we're gonna do this every time, but after watching and like I've watched it a couple times, the final, the series finale, a couple times this past week, and then to watch this one, it was like actually a little upsetting. Yeah, <laughs> it was. I was particularly sad about David. Yes. Like he's so happy by the time that we get to the finale that you almost forget just how miserable he was at the start. But yes. I was thinking about it when you know, not you don't get all the context for it in these particular episodes, but we know that the family hasn't had a very good relationship going into this. They haven't mm-hmm. been particularly close. We know that David's friends have basically dropped him when this happens, so they're mm-hmm. not really like keeping in touch. They're not very good friends. We know he hasn't really had very much luck in relationships, so he doesn't really have anyone. <laughs> we right. know that like the people who did stick around him before were mostly there because of his money, and now he doesn't even have that. And <laughs> So like, I was just incredibly heartbroken for this poor boy. <laughs> But he doesn't have any idea about, like, all this happiness that's going to be in store for him just yet. Yeah, I think that David was, like, the biggest standout for me. I mean, I feel like even, like, some of them were even more different. But, like, how happy he is by the end, like, it's just so jarring. And then it was, like, actually upsetting to me about how much they didn't, like, all like each other. (laughs) And how, like, at odds they were with each other versus watching that final yeah it just broke it broke my heart a little bit (laughs) there's the scene in the cafe where moira calls alexis a whore like yeah it's a a big difference in their relationships for all of them Mm -hmm. (sighs) yeah but they're gonna get there we're gonna get them there (laughs) we're gonna that's the great thing about this show though is like getting to watch that growth really happen yep um and i i think about it every time that i watch this episode again that you know, some shows it takes them a while to really like find the characters. And I do think that the show mm-hmm. like shifted in tone a little bit over time in yeah. terms of like the focus of the jokes and, and things like that, where they kind of found what really worked for them. But I think that the characters were so strong right mm-hmm. from the start. Like from that very first scene, you know who these people are. Right. And it just makes their growth throughout the years that much better because they're so strongly like not bad to start with but right but like much more negative versions of themselves yeah and i think now looking at the whole thing like a lot of shows like they find their way but like all along and even i've like people i've had watched the show after me and i'm like keep going keep going keep going because it's very intentional mm-hmm. how they play this out that they're you're supposed to not like them right now <laughs> and um, that makes the payoff at the end so much better. Um, but yeah. And I think it's interesting now to watch it and be like, because when you did first watch it, you were like, oh, I don't know if I like these people. And now you're like, I more see it now as like, I feel sorry for these people because I know what you are at the end. Right. You know what they can be. And mm-hmm. to see them not be that is upsetting. <laughs> yeah. And of course, we get some some great like moments in this episode that I think are important for where all of the show is going to go. For one, there's the scene, the cold open, before we get even to the credits where they specifically say this town might just be your saving grace. <laughs> like mm-hmm. 
that's a line that's always stuck with me throughout the series anyway that I've always come back to but especially now that we've seen exactly where they end up because of it yeah they knew you know they really built that in right Mm -hmm. from the start and it's so nice to see that yeah it's always been kind of interesting to see that line play out throughout the whole series but now to see how it it's basically the theme of the whole series right by the end and and how they get there and yeah i love now thinking too of like as they're saying that they're carting the family portrait off those people are going away they're like literally taking them away right and later they're going to put them in the trash <laughs> like <laughs> they're going to put them in the trash and then at the end of the whole thing there's a whole new family portrait of them um so yeah, it's really interesting to see just how much detail came throughout, whether planned or just happenstance now that you look back on it. Right. Um, it's really interesting. Yeah, and you get the start of the growth arcs for things like, you know, Alexis here is planning to leave the family behind and run off with Stavros. You know, we see the first signs of the fact that she, A, doesn't really care about what's happening to the rest of the family. Right. Um, but that she also... B is going to follow men around the world. Mm-hmm. And then ultimately we know she chooses not to do that. But we see the the first start of that here. And then you get the motel talking to, with Stevie talking about how that they cater mostly to off-road truckers and drunk teenagers. And then we know eventually it's going to become like a boutique hotel chain. And so just to right. see those little details of where it all started is just fun yeah. in a way. <laughs> it's fun to see. And like even like things I hadn't even thought about for a while, um, because I think even the show itself, like kind of you, if you thought about it, you realized it was horrible, but with Alexis, it was always like, kind of like these fun situations Mm -hmm. she got herself into. But like when she's at the end talking about all the things Stavros has done to her, like, you're like, you have had just a shitty time as David with how, (laughs) about how men have treated you. It's not just you're running after them. They're treating you horribly and still you go back for more. And so it's just really interesting to see, those people and how they are but still like there are i think tiny little bits of the roses that show up like there's a lot that doesn't but like at the very end where they're like we're gonna get through this Mm -hmm. and even though david and alexis are not having it you just see that like beginnings of like we have to come together as a family and then we move into the drip and we first start getting some relationship building happening here with the town. I mean, mm-hmm. a little bit of not great relationship building happening with Roland in the premiere. <laughs> the drip is really where we start meeting the residents and getting into the relationships that the roses are going to build with them. Yeah, I think we definitely kind of get those, like you get hints of a couple people, but like the big ones are like Stevie and um, definitely Roland and then a little bit Jocelyn. And then you start to, get peppers in of like other people like twyla and mutt um and ray and ray and ray's always just ray is like the so- solid throughout the entire series i was like ray is is ray from the beginning <laughs> he really is and he stays ray the whole time <laughs> but i love like the beginnings of david and stevie like just even from the first episode where she where he when he asks her for the towel mm-hmm. and calls her rude and she's like I'm only gonna get you this because you called me rude, <laughs> right. um, that we just start to see just you know the the beginnings of David's first real friend mm-hmm. uh, happening, and I feel like when Noah talks about 
Patrick and the first time that David met Patrick, he talks about, you know, it's like a unicorn with a business plan or something Mm -hmm. like this strange creature has walked into your life and you're like enamored with how weird it is. Yeah. Um, And I feel like Stevie is having sort of that same reaction when we first meet her that she's you can see her kind of being like this family is wild and I am entertained by this. So she's going to invite David to come out to the tailgate party and all of that because she wants to see more of it. Yeah, this is like a fun thing for her just to kind of get. But I also think that's the same a little bit with David, too, because if you think about David's life, people probably have never like back talked him in this kind of way or like disagreed with him beyond like just dumping him in the end. Um, But Stevie doesn't put up with a lot of his shit. And so I think like he's probably never had that. And I think that intrigues him about her. Yeah, she challenges him. Yeah. And so that's why he does do things like end up at a tailgate party <laughs> after he said he doesn't want to be a victim of a hate crime. And she's gets him to do things, I think, really quickly that you would think David Rose is never going to do that. Um, but I think she's enough of a kind of challenge for him that he yeah. does do things like shotgun some beer. <laughs> it's not shotgunning beer. I keep saying that because that's what they kept calling that, but that is not shotgunning That's not beer. how you're done. That's true. But yeah, it's she... She gets him to go along with these things, I think, also because there's a part of David that, I mean, we'll see it in a few episodes, is terribly lonely. Mm -hmm. And just, he needs a friend, and if this person is sort of willing, then he's going to give it a shot. Yeah, he's very withdrawn into this little David bubble, and I think he's willing to come out just a little bit if that means he could connect with... He's. It's funny because he says, I'm not... He's trying very hard not to connect with people right now. Trying very hard not to connect with anybody. But you can tell how much he wants to already connect yeah. with people. He's just... Ugh. We've talked about this. so like He just has such a like a loving heart. And he, he wants does. to love people. And he wants to be loved. And he just... He longs for connection that he doesn't have. And I'm so like... <laughs> I'm so sad yeah. about him at the start. I know it just like just the little things which we've talked about this in other episodes because we see the end result but you are at the beginning of like he won't sit on the bed um, because he doesn't want to touch the blankets or he puts a towel down because he doesn't want to touch the blankets like he's so insular and he keeps like his whole body language Mm -hmm. is very like closed off like he crosses his arms a lot but there's just little parts of him that are already trying to be like wanting to break out. Yeah. And he just, oh, David. <laughs> we could spend entire episodes talking about David, obviously. <laughs> we could just have a whole podcast about David. Um, but it's it's interesting to see that because of now seeing the whole, I mean, even have watching these episodes, like, before the sixth season, like, yes, it was, it was still very jarring, but I think it's so different by yeah. the end. And obviously the town hasn't really embraced them at this point. Like they eventually mm-hmm. will either. And so going back to the beginning of the Rose's relationship with Roland and Jocelyn is always super interesting. In the first episode, you get Roland just kind of standing there watching them. He's not really sure. He even tells Stevie, like, these people are a big deal. Or mm-hmm. at least that he assumes that they think they're a big deal. Right. Um, and maybe to some degree they do because they own the town and they used to have money and all of that. But he and the other residents don't really know 
if they're going to come in and like try to start making all these changes or what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So they're all a little standoffish and we meet more of the, you know, we meet town council in the third episode and nobody is really like ready to be on the Rose's side just yet. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think one thing that stood out for me at the beginning and now really stands out for me is like for Roland, there, I put it in the show notes. There's a line he says where he starts off, this is my town and you're going to play by my rules. And you're like, oh, that's how this is going to play out. But in Schitt's Creek fashion, <laughs> he pauses and says, I'm just messing with you, man. Like in a lot of shows that would be like, they'd become nemesis throughout right. this whole thing. And in a way, like he's just an annoying enough to be Johnny's nemesis for <laughs> some time. But there's already like this little tiny hint of like we're not that kind of people we're not going to be that way here right i think that the second episode in particular really does get to the heart of the fact that this show and the town that it's supposed to be set in is going to defy your expectations Mm -hmm. because you've got that line where roland is like i'm not gonna go the typical route you would expect basically right character um and then you pointed it out before that david says he doesn't want to be the victim of a hate crime and then you know when he shows up at the tailgate party nobody makes any indication that they care one way or the other about who he is Um, and so this is sort of that the start of that philosophy that we see throughout the show that the town is going to be a welcoming and accepting place Mm -hmm. and things aren't going to always be the sort of stereotypical thing you've seen on other shows yeah i like that they weave this even even in little ways like the rednecks are into composting (laughs) (laughs) type thing. And um, they are very different. Like even Jocelyn isn't like offended by them being kind of looking down on her because you can tell she feels sorry for them. Like it's, there's a lot of empathy already in this town that wouldn't be there in a lot of other shows. Yeah. It's the start of everything. (laughs) It's the start of everything. Like if the town wasn't that kind of place the roses wouldn't end up with the kind of growth that they have right it just it makes me very emotional to think about it (laughs) yeah the difference that you know support and love and kindness can make in people's lives yep and that plays out in so many different ways on the show but i think this is kind of where it starts of like the town fostering that in the roses and yet they still at this point think that they want to sell it (laughs) oh yeah they're getting out of there real quick (laughs) It's really funny how just like, oh, yeah, we're going to get rid of this town so quickly. Um, they That's the other thing is like the town defies their expectations because they're like, this is going to be easy. And then Schitt's Creek is Schitt's Creek and has little roadblocks that are in place mm-hmm. that kind of trip you up, both <laughs> emotionally and in <laughs> town signs and whatnot. <laughs> um But I think, like, one thing from the second episode that, like, sticks out, like I said, for me, was, like, the dinner at Mm -hmm. Roland and Jocelyn's. Like, that's such an iconic first season scene, I think, where she, like, Moira slapping Roland Mm -hmm. and, like, introducing Vivian Blake um, and Roland and the fondue. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, And it just sets up some of the, like, other parts of the comedy comedy mm. of the show um in such a great way like it's just a madcap mess of a dinner <laughs> that i love and it kind of does give you some backstory on not only R- roland and jocelyn but and like how long they've kn- like their relationship but like 
we get introduced to Vivian Blake mm-hmm. and how that plays out over time. Then we find out about David's gallery. Mm-hmm. It's a really interesting way to like give you that history. Um, a smart way to do that. Mm-hmm. And the way a lot of shows would have taken like <laughs> 10 episodes to get there. <laughs> the scene at the end of this episode is always one that I find really striking where they've discovered that selling the town is not going to be easy. Um, Mm -hmm. And Johnny has that great line about um, if we need to fix it up, then we fix it up. Right. And that is ultimately kind of what they do. Maybe not intentionally. Like they don't necessarily set out to be like, okay, we're going to fix this and we're going to fix that. But, you know, with Rose Apothecary and then there's Moira's Mm -hmm. garden and they're, you know, just the ways that they contribute to the town do make it a nicer place ultimately. Right. Um, And so that I, I always think about that and that their goal was to fix it to sell it and ultimately they don't actually ever even try to sell it again i also think about that in terms of like the roses themselves like Mm -hmm. if we have to fix it up we have to fix it up and in the end they they fix the town up but they fix themselves up Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways too like they make that better and i love that line of johnny's like i feel really good about this because like it kind of goes back to like this town might be your saving grace Mm -hmm. like (laughs) there's a bumpy road coming but Maybe not the way he thought he should feel good about it, but in the end, I feel like that that came to to happen because mm-hmm. you got this whole new life out of it. Yep. <sighs> Roses. <laughs> <laughs> I also just love that end scene <laughs> when they're like, you're being too loud. Take it from a 10 to a 5. <laughs> Um, and I love how the kids kind of parent them in the beginning mm-hmm. episodes. Uh, it's very funny. Oh, and another like small, just little detail that I love in this particular episode. And I find that there's a lot of little moments in the first season in particular that mm-hmm. you can catch on rewatches. Um, and there's when Johnny first comes back to say that he didn't get the contract or whatever signed so that Roland approves for him to sell the town. Mm-hmm. David is in the background just beating his head on the bar. Yes. <laughs> and it's just little things like that that I really love in this season. Yeah. It's just like that took like a couple of times for me to watch mm-hmm. the show and didn't notice that part. Yeah. Um but yeah, there's like little tiny moments that you're just like are so funny in the background mm-hmm. that they're just like acting so well even I mean the show always does that I feel like in the background Mm-hmm. You have to sometimes, which we've talked about before, but like right. just little things happening in the background that are part of that sometimes are so funny. Mm-hmm. It gives such life to the show. Mm-hmm. And then we come to the third episode. Don't worry, it's a sister. And we <laughs> finally are introduced to the glorious town sign <laughs> <laughs> where Ray thinks the man's shoulders are too big. His shoulders are too big. I don't know if I agree with Ray on that one, but. Uh... <laughs> There might be some other things happening. <laughs> that scene, and then more even the one with Roland. I just mm-hmm. like, those are like iconic Shits Creek scenes. They really are. I just put together this week when we were, when I was rewatching this episode for this podcast, that he says that the reason he's holding on to her is to keep her from going into the creek. Uh huh. And. That's the reason that Johnny is the grandmother on the final <laughs> sign is because he is the one who ended up in the creek this season. <laughs> yes. Yep. It all just all comes around. <laughs> sure does. 
Because of the sign, though, we end up meeting the rest of town council. We see Ray mm-hmm. again. Um, we meet Bob and Ronnie. Bob is always an interesting character. <laughs> Bob is so subdued in this mm-hmm. first episode. I'm just like, I mean, there's no jogging, is... so that's always sad. There's no jogging. Is the ba- <laughs> there's no Gwen either. Um, but um, it's so funny. But I feel like they it's just a little peek at them and like the peek at town hall and um. Yeah, we get to we get to get into mutt a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Someday we'll talk about mutt. <laughs> <laughs> He's not important in these first few episodes. <laughs> like at this point, he really isn't. You know, Alexis just finds a random guy and kisses him, and like it's not a thing yet. So right, yeah, his beard is more of a character at this point. <laughs> <laughs> but something that is important that I think does affect the rest of the show is David trying to get a job. <laughs> yes. I think like that to me is such an interesting storyline, both in terms of like just thinking of David at the beginning of like, this is someone you're like, is this person going to be a go getter? No. <laughs> but and then clearly that he has reasons because he wants eye cream. But David's not afraid to go out and get something because he wants eye cream. Like <laughs> Right. And I mean, yeah, his his dad is does have to push him into it. But we, I think we talked about this in a different episode that David is often the one who involves himself in the town mm-hmm. first in various ways and this is one of them yep this is one of the first ones that he is not afraid to go get into the town and i think that that's interesting you're just thinking about david as a whole like david wasn't off like alexis gallivanting around the the world yes he did have a good time but like he had a gallery that he at least thought he was like doing work for and so he's always been like a hard worker and uh he kind of proves that as like if he wants eye cream, so he's going to go get a job. <laughs> he's just not qualified for anything. <laughs> um, but I do love when he is talking to Stevie about what he could possibly be qualified to do. And she's like, do you have any other skills or areas of expertise? Expertise, And he says, I've been told I have really good taste. And it's kind of a joke mm-hmm. for her. But it's interesting to me now that he later on in the series builds an entire business around his good taste yeah a a successful business around that well it's one of those things where it's like if the job you want doesn't exist create it yourself Mm -hmm. right right (laughs) so he really does like he's not qualified necessarily to do much else so he just makes a business he is qualified to and then he like builds all these other skills out of that Mm -hmm. um but he was right to bring that up because it it does build a very successful business model and gets him a lot of his life from that good taste so Mm -hmm. but it's funny that it's like kind of a joke at the beginning yeah um but that moment when he's in he's a bag boy the like four minutes he's a bag boy are some of the funniest (laughs) (laughs) and johnny just can't leave him alone (laughs) yes and him just trying to go around does she have a does that woman have a name she is literally in like so many episodes yeah her name is robin Oh, that's right. That's right. You see, I'm not good with names. This is why I'm the trivia person. That's why you're the trivia person for these types of things. Speaking of trivia, though, shout out to the trivia that we did last week, where they assumed we were cheating because we knew too many things. Pause this episode and let's discuss trivia. We should have already discussed trivia. Leslie and I played trivia. It was trivia in my town, but it was a virtual, so anyone could play. Yeah, they were doing Schitt's Creek trivia, so of course we had to do it. So we, Leslie, our friend Claire and I decided to do trivia 
I think we knew going in we were going to just dominate these people. <laughs> and we were right. <laughs> I mean, I know the things like her name is Robin. So her name is like... Robin. Yes, I was not worried about this at all. But we did decide that we were going to give extra information because they were what were oh, they were telling us when did an event happen? You had to say what season. What season? We decided we were going to tell you the season, the episode number, and the title of the episode. And we got accused of cheating. (laughs) Because who would know that? (laughs) Because you're giving all this extra information, they said. And so I was like a little irate. (laughs) We're like pulling up the podcast account. Like, here's us and what we do on a weekly basis. (laughs) So the first thing I said to them was just... We literally run a podcast about this show. (laughs) Leslie has won trivia and ranked number one in the nation. I have played trivia against the cast. I don't know if that would really count for anything, but I'm sure for this person it was. (laughs) We did get them to believe us. And then if we really had needed it, I tweeted about it. And the lovely Schitt's Creek social team came to our defense (laughs) and said they would back us up if we needed to. So shout out to Callum for... (laughs) Potentially helping us out, uh, even though in the end we didn't need it, but yeah, we won. That's the kind of things that our brains hold on to, you know? Yes. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's like information I need to know in life that is gone to like right. this show's like trivia or yeah. there's some other shows like The X-Files, like, mm-hmm. like really important life information from college is gone because I know the episode titles of yes. every X-Files episode. <laughs> fully the same like i still could name if you tell me a thing that happened in an episode i could almost always tell you what x-files episode it is um anyway yeah anyway (laughs) obviously you're all here listening to us you know how obsessed we are with the show um it's just funny to see other people not at that level of obsession i guess (laughs) i think i scared the woman when i was like listen we know all these things and she was like okay i believe you um that to said, if you guys have any virtual trivia you'd like us to play, <laughs> hit us up. <laughs> oh, there is one more thing I wanted to say about the last episode, which was interesting how much it came back into the sixth season was like Moira's acting career mm. um, and feeling like she was a big joke. And this is the first time we see her in the closet. Um and that whole brilliant monologue in the classroom with yes. the kids and how she's been Googling herself and it's sent her into a spiral. I don't know why she was Googling herself after losing her money. <laughs> right. That seems just like asking for trouble. It is interesting to kind of see her feeling like she's been this like washed up actress who's been beaten down um and how she has this resurgence in the last season Mm -hmm. never let the bastards get you down (laughs) and to see how she gets through it in that episode versus in the start Mm -hmm. of season six i mean she was still in the closet at the start of season six like it wasn't a lot better but her outlook changed a little more quickly and she did it kind of on her own and it's just just a different moira yeah my favorite part of that whole i mean her whole acting in that scene is so great, but I love when she was like, do we want the drugs? And the little girl goes, yes. <laughs> Where is she now? Three to five years later. She probably graduated with Alexis, to be honest. <laughs> with the way yes. time works in Shit's Creek, you know, who knows? Yep. Anyway, so that is the first three episodes now. Uh, B, 
I know it's harder because we have three episodes to choose from. So did you manage to choose just one favorite line this week? <laughs> I did. I ha- actually had like three or four that I wrote and then erased. But I do. Lo- I think I just related to this one the most right now. <laughs> In our quarantine days, uh, it's when um, Moira is sitting in the cafe after them getting her out of the closet, and she's so upset. She's a little high. Um, And Jocelyn sees her, and she's like, how are you? And she goes, I'm eating egg whites and hoping the building will collapse. (laughs) B, I hope your building doesn't collapse on you. (laughs) I don't want my building to collapse, but you know that like sentiment is. I also love like right before that she's like, "Wow, I'm so bored." <laughs> also very relevant these days. Also very relatable right now, uh, but yeah, those that's mine. What's yours? I went with um, another one that I think is very relatable, which is in "Don't Worry, It's a Sister" when Johnny is doing the fake interview with David and says, "Tell me, David, why do you want this job?" And David responds with. The thing that you always have like wanted to do if you've ever interviewed for a job you just like needed for the money and didn't really give a shit about, which mm-hmm. is, I don't want this job. <laughs> what a perfect response. Yeah. <laughs> what we all want to say in life. <laughs> yep. Yep. I don't want this job. I don't. Yep. <laughs> I do want eye cream. So. I do want eye cream. Yeah. So we get to talk about fashion. The Yay. start of the fashion. <laughs> the very beginning. The very beginning of all things on the show, um, they kind of like even, I want to say, like establish their brands <laughs> in this, uh, their aesthetic mm-hmm. in the very first episode. Um, and there's some really great fashion, but I kind of like, it was interesting to me to think back on like how I thought of that fashion mm-hmm. at the beginning of the series. Um, because I I really like fashion, but always in kind of an abstract way and a lot of times um and i definitely have clearly love fashion <laughs> way more now <laughs> um but it's interesting to me because like i've always been like I, you know like loving women's fashion and like from afar and being like oh that's like i'm really interested in that but like this kind of kick-started like oh i'm really into like men's fashion and like mm-hmm. like how it's evolving and stuff like that so it's like really interesting to go back and see that because like the the David at the very beginning, I'm like, oh, David, what are you wearing? <laughs> There's a lot of drop crotches happening in the first oh, few episodes. Oh, yes. <laughs> to me bag pants. Yeah. Yeah. He loves he loves a good drop crotch. Um, which, I mean, he still does at the end of the show, but they get a little a little better, I think, as the time goes on. They do get better, and a lot of like the ones that were serious ones become later on in the show more the lounge pajama area yeah (laughs) um but i mean but just like starting it off straight head to toe rick owens Mm -hmm. and the iconic leather jacket (laughs) (laughs) i know everyone loves the leather jacket look and i in general like leather jackets i hate this particular leather jacket leather jacket Give me the Acne Studios jacket. Yes, the Acne Studios one from season six is great. Even there's one he wears later that's okay-ish. This one's not my favorite. I don't like that wide lapel. Yeah. And then there's like a weird like windbreaker effect on the back. Like it's like layered. And the cuffs are weird. Like I, I don't like any of that. <laughs> 
It's just, it no. doesn't have a very clean silhouette. I don't think he looks hot in that jacket. <laughs> and everyone does. Everyone, everyone does. Everyone does. Oh, the leather jacket. And I'm just like, that one? Really? That one? <laughs> no. There are so many better ones. And all apologies to Dan, because that's his own damn leather jacket. <laughs> it is his own leather jacket, but I do sometimes think, like, there's outfits that end up on Schitt's Creek that were Dan's that you're like, oh, do you now realize that that is ridiculous? <laughs> like, the there's some other ones. As we go through that, you're like, you know, you used to wear that. And now you're making fun of it on this show. <laughs> Very specifically, there is one, but we'll talk about it when we get oh, there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> and it's actually worse in real life. It really is. Because <laughs> there were shorts. But um, <laughs> apologies to everyone who's going to write in now and tell us how wrong we are. It's fine. We're all entitled to our opinions. <laughs> we're just the ones yes. with the podcast. You get to share them. <laughs> That's right. Get your own podcast, and you can talk about other things. I do love, though, the sweater in the second episode. Mm, the Alexander Wang. Yeah. Yeah, the Alexander Wang with the, I'm like, what is that word? Zippers on it, <laughs> on the sleeves. Uh, I just really like that that look on him. And I love the, like, beginnings of him, like, being in, like, the button-down. Um, mm-hmm. And very, it's very, I, I don't think we're going to do this the whole se- series that we rewatch. But, like, to see these three episodes and then the end series mm-hmm. of like it's very interesting to like contrast this like very sleek button down look to um all the cozy sweaters <laughs> all the cozy sweaters and then also even like for smoke signals where he's wearing a button up but it's much mm-hmm. uh, like less constructed button up and it's with this very cozy sweater and de-stressed and yeah he just like loosens up over time yeah it's great I like that the fashion on the show always reflects what's happening in the stories, too. Mm-hmm. Like, it's clearly well thought out. And obviously, that's why we're here talking about it the way we are every right. week. Because um, it does, you know, make a difference to who these characters are. And like you said, this is our first impression of that on the show, obviously. And they really did start out with such strong indications of who these people are. Mm-hmm. And Moira... The, the shots of like Moira standing there outside the bus in mm-hmm. the first episode wearing that yarn McQueen dress yes. with like the whole like mess happening up top on it yeah. um, and the the heels and everything like she's such a striking figure in that environment uh-huh. and the fact that that never changes throughout the show she's always that kind of character still like it just tells you so much about who she is yeah and how how much like even like the other ones like kind of insinuating into the town but she from start to finish still stands apart yeah she doesn't want to be part of it and Mm -mm. so she will never ever look that way like she belongs there no and i love like alexis's like she's like in a different way stands out because she's just always like in the most like inappropriate for the environment (laughs) like shoes or that dress she wears to the tailgate (laughs) Or, like, the shortest skirt possible to, like, do something. We also get the start of the pajama vest here, which, speaking of impractical. (laughs) I love the pajama vest right from the beginning. What a choice. What a choice. I love that that's, like, one of the first, like, things they establish Mm -hmm. that she wears. The pajama vest and the nightshirt. Johnny's nightshirt. Yes. Um, if we're going to talk about Johnny fashion at some point, we got to talk about <laughs> Ebenezer Scrooge uh, and his night jacket. But I love, I love, love, love the pajama vest. <laughs> Again, it's one of those things that 
you don't really think about like if you were making a show would you think to put your character in a vest over their right. pajamas with a brooch tells you so much about who moira is mm-hmm. to see that this is what she wears even when she's sleeping <laughs> yep and usually like some cute pajamas like there was they was like strike me as funny like they're not like very classy like they're classy silk pajamas but they're like polka dots yeah <laughs> but then she classes it up with a vest and a brooch <laughs> Well, that is these first three episodes. We went back to the beginning. Yeah, we successfully managed to not talk about them for an hour apiece. So you're welcome, everyone. (laughs) I'm sure there'll be some episodes out there we have to talk about. Yeah, I mean, we might have to slow down some more here and there. Yeah. But for now, you know, we're doing a few episodes at a time and we'll see where it takes us. If you want to rewatch Along at Home for next week, we'll be discussing Bad Parents, The Cabin and Wine and Roses. So episodes four, five and six. If you want to do your own rewatch and know what we're going to be talking about, that is where we will be. I'm not going to give you a recap of what's coming up because you probably already know that. <laughs> You've probably watched the show at this point, but... But they go to a winery. <laughs> you may not have ever seen this episode. Be prepared. I'm excited, though. I love these three episodes. I do, too. They're really good episodes and just like the really beginnings of the really fun yeah you start to really get into like the family dynamics and david and alexis's dynamic in particular with the cabin and moira i mean wine and roses is iconic so like yeah. i'm super excited to talk about it yeah it'll be super fun and uh i can't wait hopefully hey there might actually be somebody on here who is watching the show for the first time playing along with us so if you're here this is true welcome Go watch the episodes before next week. <laughs> yep. Be sure to check us out on Twitter and Instagram. We're at ShitFacePod. Uh, we sometimes post uh, photos of our drinks or drink recipes. One time we went on Instagram Live and made a drink. So if you ever want fun things like that, you should check us out on there. And if you want to find us personally, you can find me on Twitter at Brandy and Indy. And you can find me on Twitter at Leslie the Baker great um and if you ever uh want to make sure we're not cheating at uh trivia you can find us there railing against the trivia establishment (laughs) um but uh be sure to subscribe and leave us a review on apple Podcasts because it helps more people find the pod and we will see you next week bye everyone bye (laughs) 